walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Yeah, it's the podcast. I said I'm walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Motherfucking podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today is Saturday, November 27th, 2021. This is episode 12 with Minerva. I'm your host, Finn. Find these shows on... I almost said twitterspaces.com. Ha! Find these shows on terraspaces.org. Check it out. And uh, it was just brought to our attention that all the shows are up on iTunes now. So you can catch them on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, probably Stitcher, TuneIn, Pandora, all that other stuff. So uh, if they're not up yet, they will as their uh, databases and stuff refresh. So uh, on the show today, we got Minerva. Like I said, we got James. How you doing, James? Hi, Finn. Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. Excellent. Good to have you. And we got Gray, intern Gray. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Thank you for having Minerva on. Yeah, this is awesome. I was checking out the roadmap on Medium that you guys have and some of the, uh, <clears throat> not necessarily alpha since it's published up there. I just don't know if, how many people actually like dig in and, and look for that stuff. So uh, the partnership with Andromeda sounds super interesting. Uh, I like their redefining autonomous functionality. That stuff all sounds really cool and interesting. Uh, but we'll start off like, what is Minerva for those that just might not know or might be outside this ecosystem? Like, what's what's the idea behind it? It's effectively selling wine uh, on the blockchain. Um, we we're one of a few projects that really want to bring new capabilities to NFTs and, and do something a bit different. Um, we're passionate about wine. And we thought it was a niche in the market that really hadn't been looked at or explored properly. So, um, yeah, as a user, you, you'd buy a Minerva NFT. You'd have a unique artwork, which would represent a case of wine from a producer around the world. We're looking, we're looking to launch with uh, six merchants in six continents and expand from there. That's super interesting. That, that, that's <laughs> super interesting. Which one of you is the sommelier? Is that you, James? <laughs> um that would definitely be a stretch. I, <laughs> I like I, I like my wine, don't be wrong. I think I think um yeah, there's a few there's there's six of us who who are co founders and, and um yeah, we're all we're all fairly passionate, but I'm, I'm by no means the expert in the team, yeah. Are we talking like Randy Marsh on South Park uh passionate when he's like drinking his wine and Sharon comes in and she's like, You're drunk at eleven again and he's like, It's called a wine tasting, yeah. Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that shit. It's so good. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's cool to see uh, an NFT project that reaches out and tries, because like all of these other projects that we have on are all kind of metaverse-focused, and of course this has metaverse aspects, but you're like reaching across that void and kind of going into like the IRL part of, of our lives here, and that, that's kind of cool, bringing the NFTs into like the real world. Yeah, I am excited about the utility of it. Uh, one thing I'll also mention is we are starting off with wine being our main uh, product, but we're also going to venture off and to do like several different things, like just anything that's more appreciating. Like we could do uh, vintage watches or uh, records, just whiskey, things like that. We want to go to the whole nine yards of it. I'd be interested, and I, I come from like a cannabis industry background, and I meet a lot of sommeliers that used to work in wine, but then kind of crossed over uh, in like the the interpenning, I guess they call it. It's like where it's basically a sommelier, but for weed. 
like they, they smell all the different notes in the terpenes uh, that give the, the cannabis its flavor and stuff. Um, but being able to do that in, in that industry is way, way harder because obviously federally illegal still, even though, you know, a lot of states more than not have at least medical, some even have recreational. So uh, it's interesting to see the early technologies like this and how we can eventually be able to apply it to these other industries that are basically doing the same, same thing. Like it's just a, a product that people want and different people want different ones and you can like buy an nft perhaps that's your stake in this farm that produces like this particular you know cannabis strain that has the terpenes you like all that kind of stuff like it's really exciting yeah i'm definitely really excited about it i'm a big i I think i've ranted about it on uh whispers by the water cooler a couple times but i'm a big uh, geek about utility and nfts and i feel like with how much products are out there in these new industries it's just gonna completely boom here shortly uh, on other news, did you see McDonald's created a McRib NFT? No. Did they? Yes, they just created a McRib NFT. I know that's completely off topic. The, the top is in, boys, as you say. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I had to mention it. Oh, man. Are we, like, sharing Big Macs? Or, like, how does that work? I honestly don't. It's like, I think it's a one-of-one McRib NFT, and now they're just, like, auctioning it off. Oh, that's but, I mean, funny, because, like, the McRib, as far as I know, is kind of seasonal. So maybe it's, like, if you hold one of these NFTs, you get it year-round. And, like, whenever <laughs> the shake machine's broken for the normies, it's not broken for you. Step right up, sir. <laughs> you get special <laughs> privileges. Right. <laughs> oh, man. this Is there no end to what this technology can do? I don't know. I don't think so. Everyone's hopping on the train now. Burger King is starting to do so. Yeah, I don't know what the signal is, but yeah, as you say, McDonald's and Burger King getting involved is pretty, um, it says something, doesn't it? I, I suppose it's not going to stop. And yeah, I guess that's what, what we're quite excited about, you know, bringing, not not bringing our NFTs to McDonald's, but bringing them <laughs> to the real world and, and doing something a bit different. Yeah, as you say. Getting our wine into McDonald's. That's my goal. <laughs> I'll take it, yeah. Oh, yeah. So right now you guys just released the white paper this month. Uh, that mm. is a very in-depth white paper. I, I read through it earlier. I would definitely encourage people when everyone's like, D-Y-O-R, do your own. Like, this is the kind of shit they're talking about when they tell you to go do your own research. Like, go read some white papers. Go get immersed in the project and see if it's for you and see, you know. Do, do I vibe with this and check out the communities and stuff like that? And like people just I'd want to ape. <laughs> yeah, completely. And I, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of that white paper. I, I think we, um, we, we spent a lot of time on it. We took it, we had this light paper concept and, and we took it to the community and, and they really sort of picked holes in our ideas and, and battle tested it. And, and what we've got with is something that I think is far more robust and um, protects both the person who's buying the wine and the wine merchant. Um, yeah. And, and the token element, I, I think. So our, our token lead Sigma spent, you know, a lot of time doing something really unique, taking um, protocol and liquidity and, and putting his own spin on it. And everyone that, that I know of that's, that's looked at it, that has that as their field of interest has, has sort of remarked, that it's something a bit different, and yeah, I'm really excited to see that play out and and how it um, how it brings brings more interest and utility to to our platform. Yeah, 
and that's the torch token. And you guys are having an IDO sale uh, and a whitelist coming up uh, in December, or is has the date not been established yet? Um, so not not established yet. So okay. we're we're doing we're doing our whitelisting now, and we've got we're, we're whitelisting sort of once a week. We're looking at members of the community who have stepped up, who have done that sort of battle testing I was talking about, or you know done gone above and beyond for promotion or anything like that. And then we're we're going to look at a um, yeah whitelisting sale probably January, and then a broader sale in in February just before the platform launch February March. Very cool. That's that's huge too. Having a, a good community to tap to come in and take a look at that stuff because, like, when you're in the shit, like you are only looking at from your perspective of being in the shit. Like sometimes you need that outside perspective to come in and be like, oh hey you spelled this wrong or, you know, something totally <laughs> obvious or sometimes, you know, not so much. And then you have that like eureka moment where it's like, Oh, why, how did we not see that before? And then it, it kind of mm. goes from there and it, it keeps improving and improving with each iteration. Yeah. I think the community aspect is really a huge uh, thing from Minerva. Like in the discord, there's constantly people throwing out ideas and asking questions, just trying to get a better mix of things. I'll even have a, since I put co-founder on my Twitter profile, I even have people DMing me now, just like asking questions and giving suggestions. And it's uh, really nice to see how uh, participated people are. Have you had to use the marketing proposal meme yet? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. We, uh, part of Intern Capital, is we have a very large collection of memes that we encourage all of our interns to use whenever necessary. And Lately, been getting a lot of good use out of that old marketing proposal meme. Uh, so you say these memes, yeah. So what we're doing here, babe? We're just building memes. <laughs> uh, so then, also, you guys are going to establish some sort of DAO framework. I know DAOs are so hot right now. Everybody wants to start a DAO or cast a vote in a DAO or be a DAO. Like it's, it's like one of those hot buzzwords, like metaverse. I have a DAO in the metaverse that I'm building. And that's, that's <laughs> what I tell people I do now. Yeah. You're going to win. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, some, me and Grace, I think of the team are particularly interested in, in that whole community DAO element. And yeah, again, it's the thing we've been, we've been working plans out for a little while now and, and we're getting to the stage where we can start to enact them. Um, I think, you know, we're not doing DAOs right on Terra yet. Um, I don't think that's for lack of ambition or, or lack of sort of vision at all. I think it's because the tooling isn't there in the same way it is um, on Ethereum. And I think we're catching up really fast. We're making a sort of, yeah, we're, we're moving sort of three three to four years of, of concepts in, in a couple of months on this blockchain and, and the tooling isn't quite there to, to sort of, um, match what we want to do but um, yeah we're really excited so we're going to start by expanding from our core team and and, and build this hub of a 13 sort of um, coordinators and then we'll build around it from there um, and there's some exciting things that, that Grayson's got planned I'm sure he'll they'll want to chat about yeah they're uh, I'm very excited about our DAO concept there's a lot of good stuff going on obviously a lot of it's still in the works and Minerva's very transparent so uh, we posted our DAO concept in our discord and we're kind of still in that phase where we're getting opinions and seeing what uh, we want finalized but uh, yeah I agree with him completely there is a, a lot of weird stuff going on with the DAO concept in Terra right now 
Like everyone wants to kind of be a DAO. They want to slap it on because it looks pretty. But obviously, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of things that people have to catch up on. There's a, a lot of work in uh, becoming a successful DAO. And uh, I definitely think Minerva and all of the core team is really working on a way to implement the best uh, way for this whole thing to run. But I'm really excited about it. So you're saying a DAO is more than just a Discord with a poll in it. Interesting. I hate to say it, but I think so. <laughs> Interesting. I think, start getting a lot of plans then, yeah. I, I th- <laughs> Shit, we're a DAO too then. All right. <laughs> I think it is like super interesting though, because if you look at like the core of what that is, you're, we're basically rebuilding government in a way and in a way that takes the power from the government and puts it back into the hands of the people in like a very visceral way, like with blockchain tech and cryptography, like you can't really. And I mean, when quantum computing and all that shit comes line, this will have like a completely different conversation, I'm sure. But for the time being with the technology that we have, like crypto hashes and shit are like really secure and you can't really be moved to like, they're, they're not going to crack your password if you do this right, you know? And so establishing these DAOs in a way that allows you to, to kind of take that power back and take that control back and make decisions for yourself and within your community and then kind of grow that out regionally. And, and however, uh, I, I think that's a really powerful tool that people are starting to build here. And I don't know that the majority of the community, I, I'm sure a lot of them do because this is like super big brain community, but I, I feel like there's a pretty big section there that doesn't really grasp like the levity of what this technology can fully uh, unlock. Yeah, I completely agree. I, that's actually one of the main reasons I like dive so hard into DeFi was just what it can really change things on a big scale. But obviously, we have to get like a certain level of projects working very fluidly before it affects massively. But uh, yeah, about the community, I do think there's a lot of people that throw it on. But I also will say in the past uh, week or two, I don't know if it's because of the hackathon, but I have seen the community be discussing a lot of good things like how to properly run a DAO, like what's the best uh, mechanisms to use. And uh, I like seeing that out of the community a lot. I think it's uh, we're headed towards a good direction as a community right now. Yeah, I agree completely. And there's, there's teams that, I think the teams that are pushing in that direction are really open. And I think there's no no one sort of hiding their information away. Like Apollo are doing great things. I think their multi-sigs really going to change um, change the DAO concept on Terra. And there's like Gravidao and there's some other ones. Um, but yeah, I think I think everyone's coming together with their ideas and trying to push it forward. Um, it's cool that if, we're like we're sorry. all building the same thing, but we're all building different parts of the same thing. And I, I'm sure there yeah. is some like some replication happening, but I for the bigger picture, like I feel like everyone's kind of finding or has already found their niche in this ecosystem and they're just like hitting it. And like, we've seen this, I don't know if it's just cause I've been paying more attention to it lately since I've been doing these shows and stuff, but it seems like in the last month, like people have just been hitting it hard. And granted, I, I think you, you do have a point there that the hackathons really like kickstart that kind of mentality and it gets people thinking and, and moving. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I also think like, after uh, GP and like Lunables and stuff, there was just big hype behind NFTs, and everyone wanted to kind of everyone wanted to kind of release one or like get really into them. And uh, the Terra space became kind of clouded for a little bit. Like I didn't even mm-hmm. hear a lot of talk about Luna anymore. 
and uh, at least for on my timeline, like it was mainly just a bunch of NFTs. Yeah, it was all NFT. Yeah, yeah totally. it was kind of like drama, like Grey's Anatomy, but NFTs. We're in the day. same timeline. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like uh, things now are kind of clearing up, at least for me. Like I'm seeing a lot of just really good talks. And one thing I love about this community is uh, like I've been reaching out to a lot of founders of different projects, just trying to like get a grasp of what they're doing, like what they're struggling with. And everyone's so damn friendly here. Like everyone wants to really help and figure out like how to do this thing right, like how to be successful as an ecosystem. Like I, I just love the friendly aspect of this community. And yeah, like together, it. right? Because you see on, on like, and I maybe because that's where my experience lies uh, more recently is in BSC. But it seems like all the communities in there are very cutthroat and very like trying to be the first in, first out kind of thing. And no one really cares about building anything long term. Like they just want the next one and then the next one and the next one. And it, it, I don't think that really brings any sort of long-term value to that ecosystem. Like you just have a bunch of pump and dumps with half-ass projects and, you know, half-baked ideas that never, they never come to fruition because people pump and dump and then they're on to the next one. And, you know, the a community can't really survive much of that. So it's really cool to see in Terra that, that, I mean, you do have the, like the shit coiners and, and the DJs like pumping and dumping different shit coins in, in coin halls, uh, new section or whatever. But like, for the most part, the community at large is, is really focusing on these bigger picture problems and like trying to come up with solutions for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, uh, like, people are giving each other room. I know it might, maybe I'm, I'm reading this wrong, but I feel like if someone's got a concept on other change, you see it replicated almost immediately. Four or five similar teams will try and do the same and steal yeah. some of that market share. But you don't see that on Terra. You know, if you've got, um, yeah, if you've got a concept, whatever, whatever it might be, um, I feel like we give each other room and, and, and let that niche develop with that team and, and put the support structure in place. and. Yeah, it just feels really supportive and healthy. And, yeah. and not only that, like I've seen on multiple occasions, people have ideas for projects and be like, I just don't have time for this. I don't have the bandwidth for this. Do you want it? And it's like mm. it, it gets passed on until it finds somebody that has the time for it and then it gets done. Like, And that's that's crazy to see. You don't usually experience that kind of like, here's an idea. Go build it. Like, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's lovely. I feel like it's a uh, one big thing. It's just uh, a lot of the people that are really in Terra, like they're very in Terra and they truly just want to see it grow. They don't like a lot of people don't really care about credit as much. They really just want to see these ideas implemented. And, yeah, because uh, they're thinking bigger people. picture. They know that yeah. like once that happens, like shit's going to take off like crazy and everyone's going to benefit from it. Yeah, of course. I completely agree. So take us through a little more in depth on like how the whole wine thing works. So you get an NFT and that gives you a share in like a wine barrel or, or a bottle or how, how does that all play? Yeah, sorry. I'm conscious we've, we've not really talked <laughs> talk wine much at all yet. Um, yeah, so, so, you, so you start off with a choice of NFT. I think that's important just to, to state that it's not a random mint. You know, you, you select the country, you select the vineyard. You don't see the artwork and that's... Is is unique artwork. That's for the every... surprise that you get when you mint it, but you're picking the wine that is going to come from that NFT, basically. Yeah. So if you're in the US, you're not going to go, oh, crap, there's, I've, I've got a case of wine in Australia now. So you, you pick it preferably in continent and, and more preferably in, in the country that you're in. Um, and each, each of our NFTs um, represent 
a fraction of a barrel, which is is worth a case of wine. So six bottles is our is our standard measurement, and it's very rare, if ever, that we plan on sort of deviating from that. Um, at that point, you pay for the NFT, um, and you receive it in, in your wallet. Um, and I think what we do quite differently. So there's there's other um, other companies, other ventures that are doing sort of early wine sales, but we um, we talk to producers really early in the life cycle of the wine. So we're looking at wine just as it's entering the barrel. And when you're looking at two, three, four years maturing time. Oh, okay. So um, these aren't like bottles that are ready right now. This is like kind of wine futures in a way. Exactly. Yeah. That's and cool. That's, uh, that's, oh, yeah. It's where the real, real potency lies, I think, in the platform because the, the money that you pay for the NFT doesn't go to the producer at all straight away. So it goes into, into a yield strategy and it could be something more safe like ozone anchor, or it could be something a bit more um, ambitious, you know, could be green at, gems possibly. Uh, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I don't think we're going full DJ by any means, but something like Nexus and Sandclock or, or, you know, a, a UST strategy that's, that's fairly safe and fairly um, assured. And we're, we're, we're looking at a mixture of strategies to, to really get our um, get the best results for both the merchants and and the NFT buyers, and those are and, decided by the DAO. Yeah, yeah awesome. exactly. Awesome. Yeah, um, and uh, if you if you look at the white paper, we've sort of we've looked at the options up to forty percent yield and, and right down to sort of a diminished anchor return. So we're we're planning for all all eventualities there. Um, but what happens is is that UST gets put into a yield strategy. Every six months, the wine producer who has their barrels can withdraw it, can withdraw the yield they've accrued, and they get 70%, they get the lion's share. And for a wine producer, that's effectively upfront capital they wouldn't have. That's paying for new machinery, that's paying for refrigeration, for marketing, all the stuff, all the the costs they've normally got to risk. And suddenly they've got a lifeline and an additional source of income five years before the point they would have done. That's huge. Um, yeah, and, and the merchants we've talked to, you know, it's it's an old industry and it's a, a pretty deeply embedded industry. But they're, um, yeah, they're excited and curious, and and we've had some some really good responses. That's um, cool. I can imagine once that spreads through a couple like big name wineries, pretty soon you have like all of France banging your DMs trying to like get in on this. Hey, you know, that's that's the dream, and we're looking, we're looking. I, I guess. The main thing we want to achieve, first of all, is have a marketplace that could appeal to an NFT purchaser anywhere in the world. So we're not looking, we, we're going to specialize in certain countries and old world wines in particular, but ultimately we want you to be able to buy Minerva wine wherever you are and it fe- it'd be feasible for you to have it delivered. Um, and that's the aim to get people holding their bottles and drinking their wine rather than just having it floating in a, in a, in a metaverse um, wine rack, which is a lovely idea, and we're, we're going to do that. But um, we we also want it drunk, yeah. Um, and also, sorry, yield returns to the person who actually bought the NFT, so they have it accruing in a pot, um, which they can't withdraw every six months. And that that sort of growing pot over the course of three, four, five years is meant to incentivize delivery. So once they confirm delivery, they receive all that yield and um, have their wine. That's awesome. Just counting your money while you're sipping your bottle of wine. 
That's the plan. Yeah. I can't wait to see like the U.S. version, and it's just like an NFT for some Mad Dog 2020, and then you got one for like Boone's Farm and shit, like just like real high class stuff, you know, box wine, all that shit. Yeah, I will say uh, this is off topic, but in Austin, since I moved here, boxed wine is something a lot of people drink, and I didn't really see that in my hometown, but boxed wine's popular here. Bro, here they take the bag out of the box, and then they slap the bag and drink it. I've seen that at festivals several times here in Oregon. (laughs) People get crazy with the bag. What do you mean slap the bags? So, like like uh, in the box, it's a, just a bag of wine, right? So they take oh, that so. out and like the thing is you got to slap the bag with your hand. It makes like it, like slapping, you know, you slap the bag and then drink the, the wine right out of the bag. It's, it's a weird festival thing, I think, but it is weird. I'd love to see a slap the bag NFT for it. <laughs> I think we've, we've really got to shift our marketing strategy for some, for some regions. <laughs> right? We're going to festivals, you guys. Screw this. <laughs> I do like how you guys took something that is existent in that industry, and it's probably something that holds a lot of businesses back, right? That lead time. And you're using it to your advantage to accrue all of these funds to then feed back in. And, and like you said, these, these uh, wine businesses are able to get the machines they need and, you know, stuff breaks like maintenance is expensive. And to take that weight off their shoulders, it, it reminds me of the angel protocol pitch where they, they always say that, you know, the charities should be focused on doing the work and not all of the, the finance stuff and trying to keep the lights on and stuff. And like that, that has that vibe to it, which I really like. Mm. I guess part of the issue we've found, and you know, I, I don't mind. We'll always be transparent here. I, is as soon as you say to a merchant and you say twenty percent or nineteen point five percent, you mention anchor rate, and they're like, "Nah, this is um, yeah, this is nonsense." And that's where, and that's where sort of we've really had to um, sharpen and adjust the way that we approach merchants in terms of selling it as. an an attractive yield on the blockchain rather than anchor Terra 20%. Um, And and that shift has been really, um, yeah, really important for us and and it's made a real difference. So yeah, we're happy where we are at the moment. What's their biggest question? Is it where does the 20% come from? Like, are you guys just making money out of thin air? Because that's the one I get. I've told my mom and my, I have a grandfather who was a World War II vet. So he's in his like 90s by now. And like, I'm telling him about, about this stuff. And he's like, just tell me at the end of the day, can I go into a grocery store and buy a gallon of milk with my Bitcoin? And I said, grandpa, <laughs> kind of, but, but not yet. <laughs> we're, we're close though. We're, we're so close. Um, but that's the one thing that they always ask is like, where, how is this yielding 20% when everything I've ever known my whole life in regards to finance has been like five or less, usually less. Yeah. Like, what uh, do you guys they, tell them? Well, to be honest, I, the route we take now is just to avoid mentioning 20% at all. I, I think as a figure, it, I know it's attractive, but it's, it's almost so attractive that it's alienating um, to a non-crypto audience. And as soon as you, you get into that, from my experience, as soon as you get into that conversation, you have to use the word staking and then they talk about as soon as you say crypto yeah and then they're, they're lost <laughs> they, they're gone that's it like pitch over but blockchain is something way more amenable blockchains you know they understand that that's part of the logistics process now and blockchain is forward thinking and civilian and acceptable but crypto is not so yeah that's that's sort of 
part of our learning curve, certainly. Yeah, framing yeah, I feel it. Like, uh, <laughs> there is definitely a change of how we have to talk to merchants if they're not familiar with everything. But I do think with the way the world's moving, at least in my eyes, we're still very, very early in crypto and in Terra and the grand scheme of things. And so I do feel like uh, as time goes on, more of these major companies are accepting it and people are starting to uh, want to learn about this stuff because obviously like times are changing. So uh, I think the way we talk to normies in a way is going to change here shortly. There's going to be easier way to teach, hopefully. Just go in there yeah. and frame it and be like, do you want to be first or do you want to be last? Because right now we're real damn early. So let's go. <laughs> and also, sorry, without wanting to like, I'm conscious that it's undermining a lot of the wine industry there because we've had some really forward thinking people approach us directly and, and some US wine, wine companies in particular have you know not only known blockchain but also known Anchor and Terra um, right at the early stages of this project. So it's it's mixed bag certainly, but um, yeah, there is a contingent which is the old world, which is a, a tough a tough pitch to make, definitely. Yeah, I think it's definitely game changing though. Once they start accepting it, like it's it's going to blow their mind how the like. I just look back and like like how are we doing this stuff? How did we do that stuff that way for so long? When like all of this, I I understand the technology wasn't there and everything, but like now that it's here, this shit is changing the world. And like the more people start to adopt it in their normal day to day life, aside from just like flipping shit coins and and stuff like that, like the faster this is going to accelerate and and get us mm -hmm. to where we need to be, which is my Ready Player One metaverse with my spaceship. <laughs> and my toads, and my Gucci's. Yeah, about the metaverse, I know it's not the main thing Minerva's focusing at all, but I've been thinking about it a little bit lately, and I do think it'd be really cool just to be chilling in the metaverse and, like, flexing your uh, wine rack, but it's, like, actual physical asset that you have the rights to. I think that's a really cool idea. Just yeah, picture, it hits a little harder than just a NFT, right? It's, like, more than a picture, because, yeah. like, I have this bottle. I can just go down right now and open it and drink it, and you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think that's a really cool aspect to it. So, uh, who's the one that got you guys into crypto, like, in the first place? Like, was Terra your first jaunt into crypto, or were you guys into this before then? I know, Gray, we've probably talked about this on one of the other podcasts, but... Uh, yeah, I can just go over mine briefly. I'm actually yeah. uh, kind of a noob, to be completely honest. Uh, Terra was my first ecosystem that I started with about seven months ago. I had a, a buddy, one of my close friends. He's uh, working on Soul Sword and Altar Mill right now. And uh, he was trying to show me Luna for a long time, and I just wasn't really understanding. Or I don't even want to say I wasn't understanding. wasn't trying to learn as I should have. And then right when I actually put down the time to like learn what it is, I got completely obsessed. And like the last seven months has just been me like nonstop trying to learn as much as I can. But yeah, Tara's my first... It's hard to come out of Terra when it's your first two. I've got I've got a similar sort of story to be honest. I, I was on Binance maybe a while before that, just you know, not really knowing what I'm doing, just trying to pick pick the things that looked like they were going green. But it was it was a terabytes video that was talking about um, early strategies on Mirror, um, and yeah, that was the first time I left a centralized exchange. And yeah, Terra was the first ecosystem exactly the same that I, I sort of properly got stuck into and. Um, yeah, so I haven't stopped since that point, really. It's, it's a bit addictive, as we all know. Yeah, it is weird to get into Terra first, because then, like, 
everyone's trying to show you different ecosystems, but like obviously <laughs> yeah. Terra has a lot of pros. So you like go in them and be like, because most people started with ETH, like a lot of people. So it's kind of different, I feel like. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different experience going from like ETH to BSC and then like watching ADA and their quote unquote smart contracts and NFTs and like how that system works and then seeing how Terra's system works. And granted, we're still early. We always say that. And like, we only have a few marketplaces in Mints right now, but they're getting like much better. And I'll say, I've talked a lot of shit about a lot of these, but on their worst day, they're still better than dealing with CNFT and how their NFT shit is set up. Like it is literally the worst. You have to wait for somebody to actually log into their thing and then see that you sent money to them already and then hope that they send you the NFT. Like it's, it's the worst. And I'm just probably salty because I I missed out on a couple NFTs that I really wanted. And the person was like, ghosted me. I was like, cool. Uh, That's the worst. But yeah, like we're spoiled over here for sure. Where was your first? Were you terror? No, it was, it was in like late 2017, 2018. And I feel like Luna Loot was all about Ada. And he told me about it because we're friends uh, from Montana. Like we used to hang out in real life and shit. And so he was like, oh, you got to check this out. This is cool. And so that got me into it. And then, of course, Binance before they went all dot us on us uh, when you could get all the shit coins on there and like got into trx and fun and poe and rode them all the way up and then all the way back down and then uh back ada hit like a penny everything was dead pretty much so i took all my shit coins and i put them into ada and then i just threw that in a wall and forgot about it and then luna loot again like years later is like hey I just sold all my ADA and got into this Terra thing. Like, you got to check this out. And from coming from him, because he was very adamant about no matter what you trade, like, don't ever sell ADA. Like, that's the one that's going to go. So when he came to me and was like, I sold all my ADA, bro. Like, you got to get into this Terra <laughs> thing. I was like, all right, all right. I'd say less. I got you. And yeah, then I I dabbled in it here and there. And he'd like tell me like oh you know check out the apollo thing when that when the farming thing was happening and told me about mine and all that uh but i never really went all in until uh after the bsc season and i was just kind of like beaten down and like i'm done with this like everything sucks all these people are the (laughs) worst he's like dude you should come like do some shows over like for for the terra ecosystem like there's a ton of cool projects happening and uh, yeah, so I came over here and, and started really digging into it more than just like uh, almost getting liquidated, messing with like borrowing and shit on Anchor, not really knowing what I was doing. He you know, like I had a list of instructions, basically. I, I had no idea what they did. I just knew that I followed them. And once a day, I should do that. And if the thing like starts turning red, uh, hit the other button and make sure that there's money to like put back in there. And, and yeah, I avoided liquidation, but by the by the the very it was very close <laughs> so I de- yeah i definitely had some sleepless nights yeah for real waking up 
Yeah, going. I, I, I stepped. I'm not gonna lie. I stepped out of B Luna completely. It was same. Wasn't good for. Wasn't good for my sleep. Yeah. 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 I uh, when I went to T Phi Alpha, I remember I was so excited, and the entire time Luna just dumped a little bit, and I was just looking at Anchor like all day, like please don't liquidate me while I'm at T Phi Alpha. <laughs> please. That's why I didn't like it. Had it, it was very like. There in in BSC shit coins, there's a thing like you don't ever go to sleep with money in them. Like you always cash out at the end of the night, like a casino. I guess it's a terrible way <laughs> to think about it, but you don't want because you in the middle of the night they could just up and dump and like rug you or whatever you want to call it, and and now you're you're broke again. So uh, that anchor borrowing thing was very reminiscent of that. I was like, I don't want to have to babysit this. Like that's just mm. too much work and like stress and everything. So, uh, yeah, dumb. I got out of all of that and then just had a bag in UST, just getting that 20% and then had another bag in Luna, uh, on angel and then a smart stake. Nice. Or smart stake. Yeah. The other one, not the one everyone hates right now from the governance vote. The, the other one <laughs> i get them confused sometimes yeah it's not not smart stake i know that but i don't yeah i can tell you which yeah they're the, they're the legit ones right <laughs> that's cool super excited for halo super excited for all this other these projects coming out the nexus yeah, farms the apollo the stuff which one so i'm excited to see like the hackathon progress and see all these cool projects uh mm-hmm. start talking more because I've been talking to a lot of the founders and there's a lot of cool teams that are coming on trying to get some recognition. Yeah, there really are. Yeah, it's, it's, there's going to be some good stuff come out of it, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. What uh, what NFT projects are you guys holding? Is there anything like you're into or anything that's launching coming up that you guys are like excited about or, or holding out for? Uh, to be completely honest, I am like, I probably hold the least NFTs out of like anyone. I have... Three galactic punks and a lunable. Damn! At least you yeah. got the good ones, though. I'm over here with that. like 15 Gucci Gucci's and a whole <laughs> army at <of> cryptos. <laughs> yeah, my thing is, I, I kind of just <laughs> I stopped researching uh, NFTs for a while because I got kind of tired of it. Like yeah. the new projects coming out, and I just kind of made a pact with myself because I was like spending so much time researching that I kind of make a made a pact, and I was like, uh, I'm only going to get projects from now on that like I think are really put time into what they're doing and stuff. Yeah, and there I, there has been a lot recently, but that's kind of just because I've been so focused on building on Terra that uh, I s- slacked on my research a little bit. I guess I guess the difficult thing with NFTs is that it's all it's all promises, isn't it? Like I, I think I think punks and bulls are doing some really brilliant things, but you had to sort of take them on their words initially. And when every when every project coming out is saying they're going to have, you know phase two and they're going to have a metaverse and they're going to have whatever it becomes a bit disorientating i've definitely um i've, I've taken i've taken a few wrong steps <laughs> nothing too catastrophic <laughs> um i missed i miss hero i think hero is a great a great project i like their dual mint to to do something that, that was an innovative step and something that we're definitely going to look to to replicate um i also think deviants are going to do something great so i've got a few of those packs um but yeah, deviants, um, punks, and bulls. I think, uh, without wanting to miss anyone else out, I think they're the winners in my book so far. Yeah, definitely yeah. blue chip stuff for sure. And like what they did with the whole subcategory community building thing, like that was pretty brilliant. I haven't really seen very many 
pull that off. Usually if you split the community, you kind of, both of them suffer because they're both a little smaller, but this one, it just seemed to like blow up just like the original one did, which was pretty impressive. Mm. Yeah, so they're, they're also both good examples of what we were talking about earlier, like projects that are wanting to, to bring other projects on. Like, yeah, Coleman from Bulls, he hosted the, the Stampede Sunday last week and, and invited five, six different projects on, inc- including ourselves. And uh, you can tell that they're out for the community and, and they want to see Terra grow. And that's, um, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, that's huge. I would way rather see a community build by being helped by another community rather than just being like, go spam 50 of your friends and get them yeah. in the Discord server for a whitelist spot or some shit like that. Like, it's the organic community building. You, you definitely can't beat it. I'm glad yeah. that that XP season is over, though. You know, yeah, I definitely I t- to t- the same thing. <laughs> yeah, the whole whitelist and XP thing was so exhausting. It makes me so proud of our Discord because it's just for so real. and not mm-hmm. like any just shillers in there. But uh, I remember, like, any time I would get into Discord earlier this year to try to learn about a project, it was really just people trying to, like, spam st- stuff to get XP, like, all the time. It almost felt like a bunch of robots. Yeah, it might have been. We all fail the Turing test at least three times a day, I think, in the metaverse. <laughs> uh, speaking to... Uh, projects that just have like promises and roadmaps and stuff, but all they really have are are pictures. I think that's what I, one of the things I really liked about the intergalactic planetary guys, because they were, they were really upfront about that. They're like, we built this, it's all done and that's it. And we're going to open source it and you guys can do wherever the fuck you want with it. Like, I thought Mm -hmm. that was the most, that was the realest shit I had heard uh, on Twitter in a while. And I really, I really vibed with that. Yeah, I didn't even know who that they were whenever I originally joined a Twitter space with them, and I like genuinely like them as people. I think they're incredibly transparent. Yeah, same. I came in at the tail end where he's like, if you're going to steal our shit, like that was literally the first thing I heard out of their mouth when I connected. He was like, if, if you're going to steal our shit, like hit us up and let us help you steal it so that you do it right. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, as soon as I heard that, I was like, yes, these guys are dope. Transparency is definitely like a key figure. And now I know Trevor is yelling at everyone all the time now just to be transparent. And that's definitely a thing that Minerva holds very valuable right now, is just trying to be as transparent as possible with the communities. So I loved when they said that shit. It made me happy. Yeah. yeah. It's super important because, I mean, you're basically, if, if, if you think about it in the terms of, like, you're a company looking for investors, and I know none of this is financial advice and this is all fiction and all that, but, like, if you think of it in those terms, like, you as an investor would want that information, you know, and, and then it's up to you to act on it and, and, and to make the choice of what you want to do with your funds. But you should at least have access to that information. And, like, some of the servers that spin up that are just, like, super secretive about everything it's like man you guys are just gonna fail like right out of the gate you you gotta be more upfront. what's kind of weird to me is the servers that say they want to be a DAO but then they're not transparent with the community it's like I don't think they googled what a DAO is very well yeah no they they just heard it (laughs) in some Twitter space (laughs) I guess I guess the thing on that that we've well yeah we've certainly been thinking about a bit is how do you, uh, I'm sort of thinking out loud here, but how, how are you transparent and how do you share all the appropriate information without making it a space where anyone, uh, not where anyone could do the work, but like 
I think if you just allow anyone to do tasks, then you're going to get really mixed results. So it's really, it's a, it's a really interesting one. How do you filter out people who aren't going to be good at certain tasks if, if they're going to contribute to the community, you know? Um, yeah, it's a question we've been asking and, and we've, we've sort of come up with this policy of, of like open windows and closed doors so that you can have a select group of specialists group who are assigned to certain tasks like, um, like marketing or sales or compliance, but everything they do is visible and out there. Every meeting that they, they have anyone else could attend just, it's, it's not, it's to be watched rather than to be driven by the community, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like we kind of take that approach at Intern Cap. Like we have these different groups that are all working on pieces of of the whole and like there's intermingling there, but for the most part everyone kind of sticks to what they're doing and they know what they're doing and it seems to work really well that way. There's this thing that Orca, Orca protocol and there's a few others um that come up with this idea of pods, which I think is is similar to what you're doing, what we're doing. Um, I'm sure my team and you know the Minerva guys are sick of me saying the word pods, um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I think it's it's the thing. If you if you group people into their specialisms and 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 let them crack on with it, then they'll come up with brilliant results. Yeah, yeah, I do think the pod thing is very uh, just a good aspect to have. I think it's vital that whenever community members join, it's not like XP or anything. It's really like, what are you good at? What can you add value in? And how can you like help the community? And that's, uh, I feel like at least from Minerva and for Intern Capital, it's been beneficial. Like people hop on what they love doing, what they're, they know they're good at and they can just add a lot of value of a project they enjoy. Yeah. Cause otherwise you're just filling the chat up with like empty nonsense, pretty much like just people yeah. typing for the sake of typing here. I feel like when people type, there's some like meaning behind it. Like they're trying to accomplish something. Yeah, of course. The when JC actually released the article on the pod concept, that's whenever I got like extremely excited for the project because uh, I hadn't read an article about it yet, and I heard that, and I was like, "That's how things need to be run." Like that will solve a lot of problems, help a lot. I think that's where I saw it too when you posted it. it was the circle thing where people float between all of them, but not everybody does that. Yeah, that shit's cool. Mm. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it come together. You know, I think the next couple of months are going to be really exciting for us, both in terms of um, getting the project finished and, and ready to go, but also I, th- I think almost weirdly more so in a weird way, the, the community element around it. I'm really looking forward to to doing something different and to um, yeah, to just empowering the community as much as we can. So, tell me about Minerva Whiskey. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> give me a little so, alpha. Yeah, I think that's going to be the first thing we do different from wine. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, JC, but that's in 2022, I believe. We're looking to launch uh, Minerva Whiskey. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely within next year. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, essentially it's the same concept, but just with uh, our first new product. But I'm really excited about that. I know there's a lot of people that aren't particularly invested in wine and really like whiskey. And uh, I'm excited to chat with those folks. Mm. Looking there's at definitely you, yeah, Ireland there's a whis- and America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, there's definitely a whiskey crowd that sort of you, you can feel them hovering in the background, waiting for us to stop talking about wines, so, so they can yeah, jump they're in. They're like, yeah. "Hey, you know what else comes in a barrel? Yeah, whiskey." <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I guess that's the thing, and we're, we're sort of we're not, you know, we we want to specialize in wine, and we want to be we want to make a name for ourselves as 
Minerva wine experts and, and wine specialists. But yeah, any appreciating asset. And and with this platform will split into five, six, seven platforms in the next two years. Yeah, because once tool- you build the initial, like you can use that for pretty much anything with you know that that has yeah. you know that a similar kind of field. But like you could use that in cannabis or like you're doing for whiskey. I mean, you could do it for all sorts of stuff. Shit, we probably don't even think about. Somebody else yeah. can come along and be and like, can- "Hey, we'll use it for this." Yeah, if it gets more valuable over time, then then the Minerva concept could work for it, and all of those models will be built around the torch token. So that's that's the sense. We deliberately not picked the wine token um, because we want to expand beyond, and and all of those will be led. We hope by the community. We hope that a whiskey pod and a trading card pod and a, you know, as as Gray said, a a watch pod will, will come up of their own steam and and. Um, and form that, yeah. So I sort of, I'd, I'd certainly envisage, envisage it within the next year, but I, I certainly don't want to be the one to lead it. I hope <laughs> that we get, yeah, we get a group who who are keen to take that on and and have rewards, have incentives for it. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's already a good group of people that are really looking forward to the whiskey pods. So I'm sure it won't be too hard to find people that want to back that. But yeah, yeah really great. The uh, I feel like right now we're just really diving in, researching, figuring out what really works, how we can make a viable community. And then once you have that locked down and you know what is viable, then you can really split it off and just kind of get down to business in several different aspects. Yeah. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, yeah. Get more niche and then whale pods. I love it. Whale. And then tide pods. I mean, you know, the sky's the limit. <laughs> uh Anything you want to mention about the project that we didn't get to? Uh, any any final thoughts about about the project or the ecosystem at large? Uh, I guess just right now we're just trying to build a great community and get more information. So I would love anyone listening to this to join the Discord, read our white paper, read our DAO concept, and just uh, get involved. See what you think. Share your thoughts. It'd be lovely. Nice. Yeah, we've still got we've still got whitelisting spots for for the seed round price you know the same the same rate that we're giving the few investors that we do have and that's being given to anyone who who gets involved whether it's a positive capacity in in marketing or literally read the white paper and tell us what you hate about it and and that'll get you whitelisted too as long as you're not an idiot um (laughs) (laughs) perfect (laughs) i love it you guys, uh, I know, and you definitely don't have to. I kind of put all the projects that come on the show on the spot at the very end. And if they have a whitelist spot or two or three or whatever to offer the listeners, we have a spot on TerraSpaces.org called When Whitelist. And it's each one is a form for the different projects that have uh, tossed us a couple of spots to give out to the listeners. So feel free if you want to. Uh, we can throw up a form for you guys and then uh, get a spot or two for anyone that's listening. And and if not, definitely no no pressure. I, I'd hate to say that you'd be the only one that hasn't, but uh, you know, it's totally totally your choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really like the raised <laughs> the raised voice at the end there. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Of course, we will. <laughs> He's been doing yeah. this a while. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, thanks for coming on the show. We definitely appreciate it. You guys can follow them on Twitter. I'll put a link in the show notes to that and the website. Uh, they have a medium up. You guys have an actual website. I haven't. I didn't see that on the Twitter page. In the next coming, week or so, we're going we're to have soon. something, yeah. Okay, cool. They got a Telegram and a Discord, of course, and then, like I said, the Medium. 
and uh, the Twitter. We'll have links to all that stuff on terraspaces.org. So check it out under the podcast. Uh, all sorts of shows coming up this week. I think we have like two or three shows scheduled pretty much like every day uh, over the weekend and then starting the new week. Uh, all sorts of cool interviews. And then there's a Twitter space for us in the Pacific time. It's 4 a.m., but it'll be a good one. It's with, I believe, Luart and uh, Hellcats. Hellcats were one of the earlier NFT projects that came on the show when we first started this. So I, I got a spot in my heart for the Hellcats. I also, I'm a, I'm a Mopar Dodge guy, and Hellcats, one of those dope cars. So, you know, I got I got to love them. But uh, we'll be recording that. So if you can't make it at 4 a.m., uh, you can catch it on the Ether uh, here on Terraspaces.org. So definitely check it out. Uh, for Intern Capital and Terraspaces, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening, y'all. Gray, JC, thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll chat with everybody later. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Volcanoes erupt No one ever guessed that the game would be tough Keep it hands off when the play is a bust Plain old and just so we keep it on the one Blast off on the two Help me see the three Third eye open wide Checking out the scene Razor beam focused Starscream jokers Living off the fat of the people they approach Tell me what happens when the land fights back With the cliffs at our backs Make the last stand matter No one ever planned for the famine on deck We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger Sitting in a little den vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next Bubba-Bubba-Billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next Bubba-Bubba-Billion Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view. Gotta find cover. Wipe off the bird poop. Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth. Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. In the middle men, listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-b-b-billion
Walking down the street with my sack of tricks No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks It's the podcast Yeah, it's the podcast I said I'm walking down the street with my sack of tricks No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks It's the podcast Motherfucking podcast